Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. And I was trying to think of a nice tagline, a nice little a nice little intro to do with what's going on with hearts, maybe some transfer stuff. But instead, because of something I've just read about uh, 90 minutes before we came on recording, instead I'm just going to open with F*** the SPFL. Whoa! And yes, I've, I've bleeped it because I, I don't want to, to let, our sight, let ourselves down just because the governing body of Scottish football is a shambles. But I could not say it. Um, I am Laurie Dunsire, uh, dropping F-bombs, albeit bleeped F-bombs, in the opening seconds of our podcast, joined once again by Mark Donaldson. <laughs> Sometimes we get lucky with the timing of our podcast. Sometimes we know in advance when certain things are going to happen, so we delay the recording until certain things have happened so we can react to it, but... <laughs> Um, this was delayed simply by 15 minutes because of uh, the, the daily coronavirus joint working group email that comes out. But today, even though the hearts have not been involved, they haven't been to Spain or they haven't been out on the piss in Aberdeen. Um, they're still being punished for those that went out to Spain and went on the piss out in Aberdeen because we have the most reactive governing body in the world. Rather than being proactive and saying, you know what, there is a chance with all these issues that are ongoing that people could be naughty and might do naughty things. So instead of waiting until they've done naughty things, we can, in the first instance, put something out and say, okay, the season can resume, but if anyone's naughty, here's what'll happen. That would be proactive. That's not what's happened. And it's probably no surprise, but... um naively I, I i still find myself being taken aback by some of the decisions of the spfl so we're going to talk about that now you know prepared to purely focus on things like transfers and players and how they might perform next season you know stuff that you expect football podcasts to cover and it was kind of I was actually kind of looking forward to it you know just chatting away like we did originally about things like that but instead no we will be focusing on the um recent statement from the joint response group uh we will then hopefully have a little bit of time still to talk about some of the transfer news and maybe a look ahead to some of the little bits and bobs that have come out um in terms of hearts related news but we'll just have to see how we get on okay first up so just to to, to set the tone by the time you're listening to this um i'm pretty sure everyone will have read at least bits about uh, this this whole decision and statement that's come out but when we're doing it it's about seven o'clock in the evening on thursday and it was just about as i say about 90 minutes ago when i read it i think it's in the last two hours or so that this has been made official so this is from the joint response group which is the um the group set up by the SPFL to deal with the challenges presented to Scottish football by coronavirus. Um, and I'm not going to read it all, but uh, basically, Joint Response Group today outlines a wide range of measures agreed with the Scottish Government to reinforce Scottish football's commitment to public health and adherence to protocols. These measures have been approved by the Joint Response Group and follow extensive discussions with the Scottish, gov Scottish Government ministers and health advisors. And it goes on about enforcement, evaluation, education, engagement, talking about making sure facilities and policies and protocols are all in place. 
I guess the main thing, though, and I'm just going to pick out a few of the main things, Aberdeen and Celtic, with the rest of the Premiership teams, they can all carry on, carry on training and, and, and playing. Um, Heart of Midlothian Football Club must stop training immediately. Um, so it does immediately throw up some questions. Now, um, if, they'd, if, if they'd said all football, all training needs to stop, there's a public health issue, then fine, you know, we understand that. It's just, they have to review protocols and policies. Everyone has to stop because there's a problem. You know, if you, there's a risk. There's a you know, risk to health. There's a risk to safety. They can't put that into jeopardy. If they said they're dealing with the issues, putting measures in place, but training can continue, and this will be an ongoing review, then okay, I understand that. Fine. They maybe base the fact that the risk is not too great, so people can still train, but they're going to be reviewing it more closely. But if there's a public health issue and a risk posed by teams training, then surely it has to be across the board. Um, they can't overlook that issue just because, well, we need these teams to play because we've got to get the games out of the way, especially considering that's the whole reason that we stopped the season and relegated teams or demoted teams before they'd had a chance to have a fair crack at it. Um, and before I hand over to Mark, just very, very quickly, because this kind of exploded um, within minutes, not just hours. Professor, profe- I've turned into... To turn to Sean Connery. Um, Professor Jason Leach, who's the National Clinical Director for Scottish Government. Now, I didn't hear this, but I've just seen everyone feeding back the main things you highlight. He was on the radio shortly after. Um, Ewan Murray, who actually was the first person I saw tweeting about it, he said that Jason Leach has just told BBC Sports Sound, heart-stopping training is nothing to do with the government. He didn't even know it was the case. These are the SPFL choices, he said. Um, so, hand over to you, Mark, because I'm I'm actually aghast, and I, I, I didn't think they'd be able to put me into that position again, given everything that's happened over the last five or six months. Thank you. I'll speak to you again in 10 minutes. Additional guidance notes from this media release, which was sent out today at 11.59. at my time, 4.59 in the United Kingdom. Coronavirus Joint Response Group Update, 13th of August 2020. You've already gone through the various topics. Neil Doncaster's quote, today's measures underline the fact that Scottish football is doing everything it possibly can to protect our game. The recent high profile breaches must be used as further motivation for all those with our game's best interests at heart to comply absolutely with those necessary restrictions and safeguards. Don't mind that. Don't mind it. Why wasn't that done proactively rather than reactively? So after that, additional guidance notes, number two. This is after Glasgow City's women's FC are able to continue to train in preparation for their women's Champions League tie against Wolfsburg on 21st of August. So if you were doing it, as you say, for everyone, you would have given permission to Celtic, to the other teams, Aberdeen, Motherwell and Rangers eventually um, to continue training because they've got something to train for. Oh, but wait a minute here. There's still a league that's ongoing in the top flight. Oh, we can just hearts on back in action until mid-October or the rest of the, the teams in the lower leagues. We can just we can just make an example of them and say, you know what? You can't return to training. And this is the key. This is note two. Heart of Midlothian FC has been informed of the need to pause their current training program until, and this is what got me, at least 24th of August. That is is not the 24th of August guaranteed. That could easily 
the afterwards. So, what are Hearts going to do? Based on what we've read in the media release, Coronavirus Joint Response Group Update, 13th of August 2020, Hearts have been informed of the need to pause their current training programme until at least the 24th of August. That suggests to me that it's only viable in Scotland. So, here's what I've done. I've found a Berwick Caravan Holiday Park owned by <laughs> Haven, okay, which has, according to their website, self-contained accommodation, takeaway food, a laundrette so Uche could wash his knickers and everyone else, supermarkets, swimming pools, activities, entertainment, and restaurants and pubs. So maybe we could invite the Aberdeen players down as well to the Caravan Park in Berwick-upon-Tweed, which is not in Scotland and is not, according to the email <laughs> from Neil Doncaster, anything to do with the jurisdiction of the SPFL or the Scottish Football Association or the Scottish government, who the SPFL and the Scottish FA have been in talks with. So I've gone ahead and I haven't quite reserved um, however many places for the squad, but I've got some prices. So if Robbie Nielsen <laughs> or Liam McCulloch or Gordon Forrest or Anne Budge wish to get in touch with me, I've even got them in pounds, never mind dollars. So I'm sure we can all chip in, whether it's our benefactor, whether it's the foundation of hearts, or we could put an extra couple of quid into our pledges every week, and we can put some money towards Haven, and we can send the team on their way to a caravan park in Berwick-upon-Tweed, where they can have their self-contained accommodation, <laughs> their takeaway food, their laundrette, their supermarkets, their swimming pools, their activities, their entertainment, and their restaurants and pubs, and Uche can get his knickers cleaned. There you go. Solution. I've got that um, dodgy song, not as in the song's dodgy, but from the band, uh, you know, staying out, for, staying out, for, staying the out for the summer. Was that not the Haven Holidays advert song? It was. Staying it was, out. and I've not lived there for 10 years. That, that, that's decent. That's decent. So, so if, that's one idea. Um, players have now got 11 days off, assuming that they can't return to training. And, and perhaps some sly individual has maybe booked up all the caravan spots at Haven in Berwick. So if there is no space available then, and the players have 11 days off, I have two suggestions for maybe what they could do. Why don't they go up to Aberdeen? They could, half the squad could go to Aberdeen, and maybe half of them go to Spain for a day. Just just off the top of my head, I mean, there's no correlation with anything else that may have happened of late. I'm just thinking of, of things for our squad to do. Well, they've got 11 days off. Aberdeen seems like a lovely place. So does Spain. Maybe we just split the squad up. Gordon Forrest can take one. Lee McCulloch with his new Jimmy Calderwood tan can take the other. And Robbie can do what he wants. He can maybe have a couple of days in Aberdeen, a couple of days in Spain, go back and forward and do it like that. So there's plenty for them to do if they can't get into Haven. And I'm sure there are laundrettes in Aberdeen or in Spain where Uche can wash his knickers. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here um, because I would have responses to what I'm about to say, but I want to put it to you. Um, other, some people might say, well, why a hearts training anyway? It's middle of August. They don't play until October. 
I'm just no. I mean, I, I mean, and I wouldn't agree with that statement. But I'm just envisaging that some people, probably of um, a persuasion on a, of another Edinburgh club, or possibly another few. How, how many clubs have a dislike for us now, Christ? Um, you know, it'd be easier to say which clubs like us um, in Scottish football at this point. But you know, that'll be some of the arguments. I mean, what, would would there be any justification behind the argument that they're saying, well, Hearts don't need to be training right now? Probably. Probably, and I'm normally the one that plays devil's advocate on this show, so... I know, well, that's what I thought, I just, you know, yeah, that, that's fair. No, around a bit. Let, <laughs> let's, let's try and view this and take our maroon-tinted spectacles off and, and, and view it um, from a neutral point of view. It's not ideal. Um, do hearts need to be back training? Well, it's not a case of do they need to be. It's, it's a plan that's been put in place by Robbie and um, by the rest of the coaching staff, whoever has helped him work on that, that these are the dates we're going to be doing this. Remember the first week was, we had Craig Gordon on last week. The first week was non-con. He didn't even see half of the boys. He only saw, I think, four or five because they had to work in small individual groups on a non-contact basis. So they've done everything by the book. It was always going to be the case of when you return, your first week will be, as our both and all the other teams in the championship, um, we'll have to have as well. So, do Hearts have to be back? No. Will Hearts come up with, with something else, another training plan? Yes. But my gripe here, and I've already spoken about the reactive nature and behaviour of the governing bodies as opposed to the proactive behaviour. If there was proactive laws, rules, whatever, guidelines set in place beforehand, if one, two, however many of your players were naughty, were rascals and did things that were deemed, whether it was illegal or not, in the, the, the kind of spirit of, of where we are right now, should there have been something put in place whereby, as Nicola Sturgeon said, the first one's a yellow card, the second one's a red card? Because right now, the Aberdeen players did what they did. Bolly, Bolling Golly did what he did. Yet now hearts are being penalised, not just hearts, anyone else that thought they want to return to training between now and, and August the 24th. As Mark Nelson um, said, he's a comic, a very good comic as well. Um, he put a tweet out a couple of days ago, and this is the thing, that this isn't something that, that was put out, as I say, reactively. This was done proactively a couple of days ago with both Aberdeen and Celtic players breaking COVID rules. The question is how the SPFL decide to punish hearts for it well i'm going to ask mark what the lottery numbers are as well because that was said <laughs> in jest yeah it's 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 turned out to be the case and we're talking about hearts it's it's pretty much every team not in the top flight is being punished for the misdemeanors of i say of the aberdeen players we we kind of thought that was it and it was swept under the carpet i i thought st johnston were harshly dealt with in that they would have played a game against Aberdeen, who would be minus eight players. Yet they get it replayed when Aberdeen will have their players back and, and will have a better chance. So that's what I'm talking about, having things in place before you set anything up that discourages rascals and naughty behaviour. Because then, if you know the, the parameters, if you know the boundaries, it's like saying to a kid, you do that again, you'll get a spacked bum or whatever you do to kids these days that doesn't involve violence and sent to your bed, right? Depending on what age they are, 
they may or may not take that on board. There was nothing of the sort. There was no threats of smacked bums or being sent to bed from the SPFL or the SFA. As you said a couple of weeks ago, the SFA now have this voice. They're coming out every day and saying things where they were very, very quiet beforehand. The SPFL are piggybacking on the tails, the coattails of that. And it's like, oh, this is what we've done, uh, Miss Sturgeon, Mr. Government. This is what we've done. We've, we've done this now. And I hope you're happy at that. No, let's not wait until the next thing happens before we decide what the punishment's going to be for the next thing that happens. What are we going to do now? Hearts are going to go down to England, potentially, or to Aberdeen or to Spain. They're all going to go out on the piss. They're going to get snapped everywhere by the paparazzi. What's the SPFL going to do? Well, the way things have gone so far, they'll probably hand them the championship title without them kicking a ball. You make some good points. One of, one of the things that, if it does come up in terms of do Hearts need to be back, I mean, what I would say is, you know, we're talking a team that haven't been able to, to train for five months, um, you know, trying to get back to fitness and put a team together. You could say, well, the other teams in your division won't be able to. We've got to remember the other teams in our division do not have a National Cup semi-final to be played in the month we go back. We're obviously already going to be challenged potentially by the fact that we're going to be well behind in terms of match fitness. But, you know, I think part of the thinking behind going back at this point would be to, I guess, have bounce games between the players, build up that kind of rapport between players, get up to match fitness and as much game fitness as you can, even if it's not actual matches. So, I think there are arguments that Hearts would want to be back as early as possible, partly because Scottish football have put them into, you know, have, are making them still play in a competition against teams in the top flight who are playing and training now in two months' time. And it, one of the things, it, 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 it's maybe going to be reading into it more, but people feel that the Scottish, I guess, governing bodies have it in for Hearts now a bit. And, you know, the fact that Hearts took them to court. They fined Hearts, although it was pretty minimal in the end. We've had someone from the Scottish, you know, clinical director for the Scottish government when it comes to health issues, actually be on the radio saying, we didn't ask for this. No. Didn't 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 just skirt the, to the topic and go, a number of things were talked about, blah, blah, blah. I actually just came out and said, no, wasn't anything to do with us. We didn't even know that was a thing. No reason for him to stop training. Yet in the statement, they just keep talking about following extensive discussions with the Scottish government and ministers, health advisors. Here's what we, here's what was agreed. Um, reminder of the latest government guidance. Do with existing guidelines. Aver they mentioned the government uh, and guidance. I think eleven times in that statement. Um, so they've come out and said that this is in line with the government. But in fact, the key person, I guess, who to deal with the health issues at the government has said, Hearts training is not an issue, and it's had nothing to do with what we spoke about. So who in this joint, um, whatever you call it again, joint response group, someone in there has went, right, while we're doing all this, can we not just stop hearts training as well? To what, to what end, is what I would say, to what end? The more I think about this, having read what you've just said, because I, I was looking at the same article about Jason Leach saying, don't blame us, this is the SPFL that decided to come up with this. One of four addendums of which we were number two. Number one is Glasgow City women allowed to, to continue training because of their Champions League tie. The more I think about this, the more I don't see how the SPFL can punish hearts if they just get in the cars, right? So Rickerton, right? you go to the roundabout, city bypass, turn right, that takes you past Straighton, down to the A1, 
perfect. I mean, you can get down to England and you can even come off and go the 697 down Long Long Framlington, Long Horsley. I'm I in Musselburgh. I, I went for a drive the other week and this was just a bit of fun. You can cross the border at Berwick in like 45 minutes from exactly, here if it's, if it's exactly. quiet. So I know we, I know we jest initially <laughs> about this, but seriously, what jurisdiction, if the government is now coming out and saying nothing to do with us, it's the SPFL that said they can't train until at least the 24th. So what jurisdiction does the SPFL have if Hearts and all the players decamp and head down to England, wherever it is, West Coast, East Coast, Middle, whatever, just over the border, find a public park just over the border. What can they do? Because the Scottish government's got no jurisdiction over that at all. So I would like to see Hearts do their due diligence, come up with a plan, because you, you, you don't just rip it up and start again. This is a plan that's been put in place, and it's been a plan that's been however long in the making for Robbie Nielsen. Okay, upon resumption of training, this is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to do it. This is the, the things that we have to do to build up the players so they are ready to go for. And that's another thing. Will, will they ban friendlies? That was another suggestion that Hearts have got nine or ten that they want to play before their first League Cup tie um, ahead of the month of October where the Scottish Cup is the final, the semi-final is the, the final game in that month for Hearts. So this, this throws all that out the window. The, the planning, it's, it's back to the drawing board again. And the other thing is as well, the, the two words, at least the 24th of August. It could be the 1st of September. That's still more than a month away from when Hearts play their, their first competitive game of the season. So what is to stop Hearts going down south, holding a training camp, wherever, get a hotel, and doing that? Because the government's not going to say anything. There's no plans in place to stop that from happening from the British government. So what would the SPFL do in that circumstance? Because they got away with the, 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 the court case just by the, by the skin of their teeth, because it might have been morally wrong, but legally they were probably just on the right side of doing everything just above board, legally, not morally. With this, I don't see what they could do. If they haven't come out in this statement and said, you can't train until the 24th, it doesn't say where you can train or, or whatever. I say go ahead, go down south, train, get it right up them. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the... And not not agreeing with their decision, but they could still argue whether Hearts are in, in Scotland or, or, or England or Brazil, they are still under the banner of... of the SPFL as their governing body, um, it, it does just feel very much like they've they've added this on with a little bit of spite. Just even not not a little bit, with a fair amount of spite. Because if they feel it's still safe enough for twelve teams, two of which have, and there's obviously talk there's been maybe some more, but two of which have openly broken rules and cause games to be postponed they are still safe apparently safe enough not enough risk for them to stop training um a women's team who play late in a month it's not enough risk for them to stop training but we have to now it's either it's a, either a public health issue and it's too much risk for it to carry on 
or it's not. I'm sorry, you can't just say, well, we don't judge their needs to be as, as great as the others. I, I just, I, I can't accept that. Um, especially get when they, they can't fall back on the government told us to. You know, it's their decision. Someone in the SPFL, someone in this joint response uh, group of, of FUDs has decided that that's the best way to do it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens because obviously we haven't heard from Hearts. So, you know, we can have, we, we could probably rant back and forth on it um, for a long time. I would imagine. Um, but... well, Friday, Friday is going to be interesting. Tomorrow is going to be interesting because I think Hearts will be careful if they do put a statement out or don't. So I'm not necessarily expecting to hear from them. If we do, then then fine. Um, but I, there is a chance they may wait because COVID-specific protocols and guidelines will be announced on Friday according to an article that's just been posted on the BBC website. New sanctions for Scottish footballers who do not adhere to COVID-specific protocols and guidelines will be announced on Friday. Uh, on Friday. But here's another thing about that. It's like the horse is bolted. How are we going to slam this gate shut? It's done. This is, this is the whole issue. Why should the eight from Aberdeen and Bolingoli of Celtic who have been dealt with in their, their own ways. Their clubs haven't. But the players, certainly, they've had to put a statement out from Aberdeen and Bolingoli has had a visit from the cops um, for doing what he did. Why should the next person who does something silly be the first one to really be punished? This is the whole thing. I, I made the point right at the start. They're making this up as they go along. Now. The problem that we have, Laurie, is I was going to call you Robbie, but <laughs> I'll call you Laurie because that's Feel your name. Free, yeah. the, the problem that we've we've got is, and this isn't just because of today or anything else um, of, of late. This is this has been happening for for so long. The setup in Scottish football is flawed, and if we expect change or we expect decent decisions to be made, sensible decisions to be made, some might, but I wouldn't trust them to make a sensible decision because the setup right now in Scottish football is a joke. Whether it's the voting structure of the SPFL, the present incumbents in charge and they just do what they're told, but then they from time to time put their head above the parapet and say something as long as they've got permission from whoever. The SFA, it's a blazerati, that's not changed when Petrie eventually um, moves on and has his term then it's probably going to be the, the boy from Alawa. Now, at least in politics, you get the opportunity to say, you know what, this has been absolutely horrible. I, I, rarely, I don't like bringing politics into everyday life because it's a personal thing. But I will make a slight, a slight excuse here. In November, this country, the United States, has the opportunity to do one of two things, to keep going with the way we are right now or to elect somebody different. It's a choice. It's been a four-year term. Nothing's going to change in those four years if the person in charge doesn't do anything about that. Now, impeachment or whatever, that went through, again, politically, that went through one house, but then when it got to the Senate, it didn't get anywhere. So he stays in place. However, November, November the 3rd, is an opportunity for the people of this country to make a decision. 
might be pretty clear which way I'll be voting. I'm not going to tell you, but it's, it seems pretty clear. That's fine. But we have a choice to make, and we can make a change after four years. We are now at a stage in Scottish football whereby we cannot elect a new Scottish Football Association president or chief executive after every four years. We're not in a position in Scottish football where the SPFL, right? You've served your term, you have to move on or whatever, because it's voted for by the clubs and it's a private member's organisation, which is fine. Everyone signed up to that initially, but we're not going to get changed as a result of that. And until something is done in Scottish football, whereby it's easier to elicit change in the SPFL or in the Scottish Football Association, we're going to get more of the same. We're going to get daft things that are agreed. We're going to get reactionary behaviour rather than proaction. That's the problem that we have. So in politics, if you want a change, you can vote for a change. And if enough people do, you will get a change. In Scottish football, it's status quo. And that's the problem. Just to quickly add, um, now I didn't hear Jason Leach on Sports Sound. I wasn't able to, to listen to that. But interesting, uh, Kerry Nitsan, um, who obviously works for the BBC, um, said uh, the words where he said he wouldn't have expected Jam Tarts, uh, as in Hearts, I'm just reading out his tweet, <laughs> he wouldn't have expected Hearts already back in training to have to stop as he assumed the new football guidance issued today would halt any further SPFL clubs from starting to train. I, I don't know, but what I'm guessing then is they thought you don't want new people having to come into contact with each other who haven't already, whereas with Hearts and the other teams training, they've already got past the whole point of distancing testing and now they're in contact with each other. So I'm guessing, and I, I'm not putting words into uh, Jason Leach's mouth, but I'm, I'm guessing what th- he's meaning there is that if a club's back in training already and have put protocols in cl- place and are following them and there's contact now, why would you stop that? Well, here, here's yeah. What would be the exactly. benefit to then go back? Here's the thing: we're we're getting um, we're on Twitter while we're recording this because this is this is a kind of fluid situation. We're we're looking for any updates that that may have. Uh, we've already heard that Jason Leach told Sports Sound it wasn't them; it was the SPFL. Here's a tweet from Richard Cobb, which was retweeted by Maroon Tinted Spectacles. We've got them back on now. We've taken off the. <laughs> uh, we've, we've put them back on as opposed to the, the neutrality perspective. Richard Cobb, has the SPFL and SFA not considered that Hearts players training and getting daily testing at their club is a million times safer than them going back to their daily pre-training routine for a week and resuming training the following week? Can't yeah. argue with that. No, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. It's an absolutely fair point. Um just seems bizarre. Um, so I don't think we need to go into any more right now. Um, give us your thoughts because by the time we record again next week, there might be developments in this. So you can tweet us at Around the Funnel. You can email podcast at scarsaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Uh, before we move on, though, I think uh, you, you some homework had popped into your head just before we went on air, which is related to this, Mark. Well, there's a couple of things, and if you want to choose one of them or, or come up with one yourself, two things. What should Hearts players do if they do have 11 days off? A lot of people have already said go to Spain. And the second one, what does SPFL really stand for? 
Never mind the Scottish Professional Football League. That's what it actually stands for. Given everything that's happened, not just today, but over the last few months, what do you think SPFL should stand for? That's a good one. So the the um, the acronym. Then, what what what? Yeah, give do, give do it we, to. Do, do we disallow swearing, or can we have swearing in? No, just do what you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what what does it stand for? What what should SBFL stand for? Give us some, give us your suggestions, and uh, maybe add what Hearts could do with eleven days off. Although, um, if we're being realistic, there's probably very little they can do. But maybe get creative and let us know at around the funnel on Twitter or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Okay, let's move on to something football-related, because I really was looking forward to having a, a show where we just kind of talk about you know, football oh. things, players, yeah. transfers, what might happen next season, because very rarely do we get to do that <laughs> these days. <laughs> and um, yet again, the SBFL throw us a curveball, but we are going to talk about some football-related things. So... Interestingly, Hearts have been quite active um, when it comes to transfers and transfer news, and that's both uh, backroom staff and playing staff. So I want to run through some of the um, comings and goings at Tynecastle and get your thoughts on it, Mark. So mm-hmm. let's start with some departures. Uh, very quickly, coaching team Liam Fox has left. Um, Andy Kirk has been offered a new role with the women's team. But um, we're yet to find out if he will take that up. Um, in terms of players, now we'll probably talk a bit more about the players. So players gone out. I'll go through them all first. So Sean Clare has left for League One Oxford United for 150000 Callum Morrison has joined Falkirk after being freed by Hearts. Colin Doyle, um, backup goalkeeper, has gone to Kilmarnock on loan. Bobby Burns has joined League Two Barrow, and it looks like, although not confirmed at the time of recording, but it's apparently about to be confirmed, Connor Washington will be on his way to Charlton. So, I guess Sean Clare, first of all, Mark, um, I guess maybe the most, could say the highest profile, I'd say, out of those transfers out, um, has come on to a game, um, I suppose ultimately, and it surprises me how much, I guess, they're... Um, emotional tweets there were about uh, being upset with his departure, albeit I thought Sean Clare was one of our better performers during the latter part of the season that never ended. But overall, you know, 71 appearances, could we turn down even £150,000 for Sean Clare? Probably not. Uh, th- this isn't just about the money received, it's about wages and everything. Yeah, It's also about wh- wh- where he would fit in. Um, at, at, at the start, he, he didn't hit the ground running. And we've spoken before on this about those of us, and I include myself in that, that once we've made our mind up about a player, it's very difficult to, to, to change that. Um, sadly, in the last few weeks, he's, he's, he's passed away, David Hagen, but he, he was always the one I, I, I would never be convinced about. Whereas the guys around me saw something, I, I'd made my mind up. Um, the modern day would be Sean Clare. Some people made their mind up, um, but he changed a few opinions. He certainly changed mine because uh, having spoken to, to Lee Bullen, who I grew up with in Pennycook, who's the assistant manager at, at Sheffield Wednesday, and 
he he'd said, "Look, the kid's got lots of ability." He said, for whatever reason, it didn't work out with us. He was slightly surprised he went with Hearts, and and the quotes at the time from from Craig Levine, I don't think helped him um, because it was all oh, we've he had opportunities to join Premier League clubs in England. Well, yeah, that's 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 saying that's one thing, and actually playing a regular game for a Premier League club is is, is another thing. But he he improved. He he knuckled down and he said it himself. It, it, it was a tough start for him. Um, he wasn't played in the same position as well, but he kept his head down and and a lot of people changed their mind. And yeah. we always said that there is ability there, and if we could get that on a regular basis, he'd be the first name on the team sheet because he never hid. He wasn't one of those that didn't want the ball when the booze started. So I I just don't know where he fit, he would fit in. If Robbie's got a system that he's going to play. He clearly likes width. And uh, where, where is Sean Clare's best position? Do, do we know? He's not, a, he's not a right back, although he, he filled in admirably there. I wouldn't have him as a, a right winger. Um, he, he, where, where's his best position? Is that one of the reasons he's gone? Quite possibly. I, I mean, I guess it's up for for Oxford United now to, to decide where they're going to play him. I didn't check any of their updates to see if they needed someone in a particular role but you know it's one where I guess you know you wish him all the best but overall over the 71 games and the, given the situation we were in I can't say I'm overly gutted about it but and, I, and I'm pretty sure I said this on a recent show or at the very least I said it to you um, on WhatsApp <laughs> you'd struggle to not be able to convince me on on letting any of our players go you know that. No, they as, as in, you, you could justify. You could probably give me good reasons to get rid of anyone. Be it well, the fees okay, or well, they're never that good. I mean, let's be honest. As much as our the way we went down in the end was um, pretty, I would say horrendous injustice. But we were still bottom of the league, yeah. um, and that group of players took us there, albeit some less at fault than others, but. Could you say that any were standouts were outstanding? Some oh. put a shift in, but you know you'd even pick you could even pick a Michael Smith and go. Usually can depend on him, and I think you could. And I'd be quite happy for Michael Smith to say if, if you heard that someone offered four or five hundred grand from him for from League One or lower Championship. Well, would would I be gutted if we if he went for that money? No, to be honest. There's a there's a price for everyone. I don't want to lose Michael Smith, but there's there's a no, price. No, neither for do everyone. I. But I just mean no. I, it's, I, and it's I, not I, like I totally the times of saying. having a yeah, a, a Scatchel or or someone like that in your team that you're just like you just you you it would like absolutely tear your heart out when you, if you see them leave. And I remember yes. when Mickey Cameron went as well. I didn't. You could have told we me did anything. This a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. You had Mickey Cameron and I had Rob Ogan down to Newcastle. John Colquhoun moving on. He was like, oh, that hurt. Um, I want Naismith to stay. I want Boyce to stay. I want Michael Smith to stay. I want Suter to stay. I want Halkett to stay. Hickey, as long as we get, I'm going to say top dollar. We're now in a situation he's got a year left in his deal. We've got a million and a half. Just because you mentioned that, that was my next topic. So the the last thing on the outs was Aaron Hickey. So your thoughts on, on that in terms of fee and where he might go? I just hope he goes somewhere not Scotland. Yeah, because I want to be able to cheer for him and hope he does well. If he goes to Bayern, he'll start in their 23s. If he goes to Bologna, he's not going to start straight away. 
at Bologna. He's going to play for for their reserves. We did a lot of of, of Bologna this season in in Serie A with Sinisha Mihailovic, um, and he's not he's not going to start there. He's been bought for the future. Even at Celtic, he's is he going to start every week at Celtic? I just I'd, I'd rather he didn't go there. I'd rather he was able to to do. I mean, the boy David Bates from Rangers went to Hamburg. Okay, kind of worked out first. Now he's he's moved on. He's, he's, he's tried something different. Yeah. I've got a lot more respect for someone who will try something a little bit different because they've always wanted to do something like that. And if you know what, if it doesn't work out, then at least I've tried it. You don't want to go through life with regrets going, you know what, when I had that opportunity to go to Italy or to go to Germany, but I played it easy and played it safe and, and whatever. Look, everyone's got reasons. Some people, some people don't have that. Some people are happy to live yeah. in Scotland, and and that's fine. That that's no problem. But from a Hearts fan's perspective, about wanting him to have the best possible career and wanting to cheer him on, and if Bologna are playing or Bayern, if he makes through makes it through, or or whoever, um, you want to be able to turn on your TV and, and cheer for your former player. You ain't going to be doing that if he goes to Celtic. No, and I think as well, even from from a perspective of of Aaron Hickey, you now he's. He's fairly slight. You know, I know he's still young, but you know, just a little. No, he's not. He's not ready for top level. No, no, not at all. But what I'm just thinking, you know, if you're in Celtic, even if you're if you're in Ast- with Aston Villa, British football is is very physical and it's very, it's very, it's very focused on that side of the game, especially the top level in England. And Scottish football is physical in a different way. Whereas, you know, you go to a, a Germany and you go to Italy, I guess there's a lot more. Uh, focus on the technical side and going forward as well I mean German football and Italian football for those who who still base Italian football on what you used to see on the night the 90s and earlier it's very attacking these days as well and I just think it would be a better environment for him um, to, to develop in somewhere like that and a few people were talking about the fee being low and to be honest I think it's about as much as we can expect when you consider the fact that in a few months' time, these clubs can just agree a contract with him and get him for nothing anyway, albeit yet. Okay, not nothing. If he goes to, I think if he goes to a club in the UK, you get training compensation. But we've seen how low they are because it's a lot to do with the salary, The salary, if I can get my words out, they get, etc. So you'd be talking about a very low figure. So if we can get $1.5 just for a club basically to secure him, what, four months before they could, or four or five months before they could for nothing... I think that's about as much as we can expect, and um, I think so. For that reason, I hope he goes. You know, now in this window, albeit a, a ginormous bay window just now. Um, yeah, but there's there's training comp. Again, I'm not a hundred percent up to up to speed on what you get depending on where he goes. Um, you get more if he goes to some countries. You don't get any if he goes to yeah, other countries. Yeah, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, look at the look at the Musa Dembele uh, when he was at Fulham. Because it was an international transfer, and I know he's he's older, and it's it's not taking into account the training compensation or whatever. There are cross-border rules and regs, and and his agent played or his agents played an absolute blinder there, and they they weighed themselves in because I think Celtic signed them for half a million, and the deal was look you can get them for half a million, but when you sell them, um, we take a percentage of of the profit that that you make. Um, that was their way of saying. Yeah. Well, they want the player to go to Scotland because they fully believe in his ability. Um, and then when he moves on, it's the agents that, that that benefit. In this instance, someone like Aaron Hickey, yeah, should Hearts have done more 
Could Hearts have done more? You're in an Arsenal situation when Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez both had a year left, and now you're in oh, the same situation with Aubameyang. Dif- different levels, but the last thing you want to do... Hearts have been pretty good at, at, at tying down the youngsters, and I'm sure they'll have made attempts to get him to sign an extension to his contract um, last year um, and prior to that. It's up to him. He, he maybe wants to try something different. Um, we actually did. I'm just looking just now. We did the Bologna-Torino um, game in the final game of the season. And they played a guy, a Dutchman, called Stefano Densville at left-back. He's normally a centre-back. So they have got a couple of left-backs on their books. But it depends what he wants. Does he want to go and play and maybe get lost in Bayern's under-23s if he doesn't progress? Because he's not ready right now for, for that kind of level. No. At Bologna, I mean, that game that I mentioned, they only started one Italian player. And uh, was it... Atalanta, I think it's Atalanta. Atalanta, all season, did not have one Italian player scoring a Serie A goal for them. Not one. Because it's the United Nations. And you're finding that at a lot of different Italian clubs right now. Soriano was the only Italian starter in that game against Torino. So to go into a dressing room like that isn't too much of an issue because there's a lot of others that have been through that, they've moved to a different country, had to learn another language. So I'd love to see him try something, purely from a selfish perspective as a Hearts fan, I'd love to see a, a Hearts player move to, to Italy. Even Liam Henderson, I know he played for Hibs and, and whatever, um, to be able to get the opportunity to, to commentate on a Scot playing in Serie A would, would, would be great. And if it's Aaron Hickey over the next few years, I would love that, just anywhere but the East End of Glasgow, please. Indeed, and I think you mentioned, just to, to kind of wrap up the Aaron Hickey side of things, I think you mentioned sell-on, which is obviously key. You know, if we can agree now a big sell-on, which, you know, goes with us giving him or selling him on earlier than, than letting him run out to the end of the season and losing him for free, that's also a big plus. If you can get a high sell-on, you're even at 20, 25% or something, and he, he really picks up at Bologna or Bayern and... Who knows? Three, four years, you know, someone gets him for silly money, then you're talking about a very big windfall. So I think that's key is to to get a good sell on percentage in there as well. Um, moving on to incoming um, players who or coaching team who've come in. So we'll first mention the coaching team because we talked about the fact Liam Fox has left him, and Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest have joined Robbie Nielsen's coaching team. It's his backroom staff from. Dundee United. Um, I won't try and pretend to know much about um, the styles of them in terms of coaching, but I guess my early thoughts are it's very good to get Robbie the team he wants and he's familiar with early on. And it's one of the things that people highlighted that maybe hindered Daniel Stendhal, especially in the early weeks and months. He didn't have anyone to help who he was familiar with, who knew him and knew his methods to help get that across. So not that Robbie wouldn't be familiar with um, with the likes of Andy Kirk, etc., and, and Ian Liam Fox, but it's good for him to get that team, that consistency. I think at this early stage. Yeah, no excuses. You're right about Stendhal. We'll never know if he got his two guys um, in earlier, Dale Tong and and Evers. Who knows what would have happened? It was a, it was a bit of a protracted issue, and it, for a spell, I thought this might go the same way. But then when Lee McCulloch was was released from his contract and. Um, Stevie Frail went to, to Dundee United as, as Mickey Mellon's assistant. Um, look, you, you want your own guys around you. And 
for for guys like Liam Fox and and for Andy Kirk, um, it's 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 not easy. Uh, it's difficult. I mean, f- for us commentators, our job is pretty much dependent on the rights that our company have. For football coaches and football uh, assistant managers, your job is pretty much dependent on on having a relationship or or being one of the the gaffers guys, so to speak. Um, it's been decided that it's for Liam Fox. On we go. Good luck to him. Uh, had a spell as manager at Cowden Beath, and I hope he does well um, in, in in football. Um, for Andy Kirk, again, that's it's tough. It's a big decision that he's got to make because it's a, it's a step to the side. It's certainly not a step up. It's still a job, and in these times, then <laughs> that's certainly still something. But it's about pride, isn't it? You've taken a, a dunt to your pride. Do you, do you want to keep going? Um, it's it's not ideal, but but that that's the way it is. So in come um, Gordon Forrest, who's got all these badges, and Robbie speaks very highly of him. And I felt Lee McCulloch was was slightly unfortunate in the placement for the photo because he was in one of the shadowy parts of the pitch. <laughs> Does look Robbie a bit was Jimmy Calderwood-esque, doesn't he? <laughs> it's like whoa, goodness, he's got a tan on him, and. It's been how many years? Twenty odd years since we tried to get him. Um, million pounds. I mean, God, the days of Hearts trying to bid a million pounds for a player. I remember the the, the whole thing, and never happened. Um, Lee McCulloch went elsewhere um, from from Motherwell. He went down south. And, Wigan, uh, I think, at the time, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm glad. I mean, uh, he's got fire in his belly. Hated him. Hated him. Fire in his elbows. Damn right, yeah. I mean, his <laughs> elbows are as sharp as my two-year-old's. Um, he he's a player that was one of these. If he's he's a, he's a Naismith, isn't he? If he's in your team, you're like yes, because they hate him. But if he's not in your team, you're like bastard. So I'm glad we've got and uh, Robbie. Robbie loves working with that pair. So so no excuses for them. I mean, they just have to decide if there's a if there's a caravan in in Berwick that that can have three beds. Uh, an extra, extra specially large caravan. The three of them can be in the one caravan and sleep in there when they go train down at Haven. Or if they're going to need three bubble. separate caravans. A Beric bubble. Yeah, or they're going to need three separate caravans due to social distancing. So, yeah. Well, you, didn't want to, you didn't want to be trying to share a bed with Lee McCulloch. Those, those elbows would be jabbing in your I, side I, all night. I mean, you'd, you'd, need, you'd need VAR enabled in the dark. <laughs> Because he'd be the kind of guy that's like, once the yeah, night var, <laughs> da, da, da. like like the next the kind of twenty twenty version of Kit from from Night Rider, night var, <laughs> and once the lights go out, that's when that's when the 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 kind of the night the the night light comes on and it can see any skull duggery because. Honestly, those those elbows would be like a windmill at night. If he if he was in with Robbie or, or Gordon Forrest or or if, or if Bigucci was having nightmares and wanted to go and to go and have a wee kip in with with Lee, hey, well, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Night var. <laughs> um, in terms of players uh, moving swiftly on, uh, we have two new signings confirmed. Uh, first, uh, Jordan Roberts, a, a winger joining on a two-year deal after leaving Ipswich Town. Uh, came through the ranks at Aldershot in a brief spell with Inverness in 2015-2016 where he made 13 appearances and scored three goals, including a cracker at Fir Park, a video of which has been doing the rounds of late. Uh, at Ipswich, he played 12 times in the English Championship, 
two seasons ago, played a handful of made a handful of appearances in League One last season for Gillingham on loan. Left-footed, uh, apparently very fast. I don't know if, like me, you'll just be talking on paper and based on some clips, Mark, but <laughs> Robbie wanted some width and looks like he's got it. We're all experts because we've been on transfermarket.com or Soccerway or Soccerbase. Oh, I'm not going to be an expert. I'm just giving you no, the, no, no, I'm just, I'm laying just out wait, the facts. For, 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 <laughs> for anyone that says, yep, I can tell you all, bollocks. And, unless you've, you've watched them play at Ipswich or at Gillingham or at Lincoln, on a regular basis, or at Crawley, or you remember him. Some might remember him from his his time with Inverness Caledonian. I remembered the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Apparent. I'm not. I'm not going to profess to be to be an expert or anything like this. I, I don't know. I don't know. Could it be another Jake Mulraney? Um, we don't know. We're all guessing. So we just Let's why don't we just wait see and him. wait and let him, yeah, wait and see and and fingers crossed that. Um, I mean, he, he can play anywhere down the left side. He's obviously our left. Um, Left winger is his preference, yeah. obviously. Listen to me. I'm just done whatever. Yeah, what no, you just completely to contradicted yourself. I'm going to go and exactly. get. Because <laughs> exactly. I, I can see three dots on transfer market that, well, clearly he's played as a left winger, but he can play as a left midfielder. His other position, if he wants to, if you have an issue, he can Look, play at left. We can still talk about players, you know. We can still talk about them. Anyway, I, the other I, one. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking, he, he wanted a winger in. Yes. Robbie. And he's got, he's got one. And you can play him on either side. Like all exactly. the winners. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for giving us your knowledge on, on Jordan You're Roberts' um, flexibility. Always wanted to play for Hearts. <laughs> Ross Stewart, um, a 25-year-old keeper from Livingston on loan, product of the Motherwell Youth System, loaned to Queen of the South early this year. Clearly just back up. I guess the only question, I wonder if Harry Stone might get loaned out or if we might envisage getting Slamal out the door as well. I don't know. It would seem think, strange I that we'd... I think this is simple. I, I, I think this is simple. I think okay. this is a case of... Craig Gordon mentioned last week that uh, Harry's got a wee issue right now. He's going to require some minor surgery. Yep. I think it's simply the case that that'll keep him out till the end of the year. So you need three We're keepers. Allowing, yeah. yeah, we need three goalkeepers. We've signed a guy till January. People are looking at it, well, this is a... Why are we signing him for? What does that mean for Harry Stone? They're doing what I just said about Jordan Roberts. No, that's <laughs> he, not... Um... <laughs> I, I, I wish I could remember who who I saw tweet this, but someone said he's this year's Lee Hollis. Um, do, you, do you remember we signed... There was another one. It was Lee Hollis. In that same tweet, was it Bryce... Did we not sign someone called Bryce Halliwell at one stage? Bryn Halliwell. Um, Bryn? Bryn Halliwell, who's a former... Um, no. Um, I think that actually pushed Lee Hollis up the pecking order at the time. That was in Robbie's last spell. We signed Lee Hollis for... Third choice keeper because remember we got um we had Alexander injured and then we also got Scott Gallagher injured and we that's why Hamilton who was third choice at the time ended up in goals um so we signed I think ended up being a fifth and a sixth sixth choice I think if you look down the pecking order so no that's a fair point um that if if Harry Stone is out that we need you need a third keeper because otherwise if one of your keeper gets injured, you can't. You don't want to risk not even having one on the bench because that's when you end up with Scott Severin in goals or or something along those lines, um, or Ryan Stevenson even in goals. I saw, I saw bizarrely, bizarrely, I saw a photo of it was on Jamie Walker's Instagram. Jamie Walker, Ian Black, Ryan Stevenson, and some random boy playing golf. There you go. There you and go. And Ryan Stevenson who. Was it Stranraer? Liked him. Liked him. Bryn Halliwell is, is number 612. 
on the London Hearts website. So the players that have all oh, played for Hearts many? or be, been at Hearts, I'll tell you how many, have been at Hearts, not necessarily played, but have signed and been at the club under contract for however long. It's alphabetical. It's 612. I'll tell you what, without cheating, why don't you guess if H, H-A-L, right? So he's between E.W. Hall, the outside right from way back in the day, and Alex Hamill from 1980 to 82, just before Jamie Hamill. Okay. If he's 612, Bryn Halliwell, uh-huh. what is Bobby Zlamal? Because he's the last one. Oh, what number is he? Yes. And this is all players. Every player that's had at least a day's contract at heart. Oh, if Halliwell, eight, which six, H-A-L six. is 612, Bobby's Lamal. What noise was that? If you just. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was with. Halliwell with... 612's Lamal uh, what? 1400 odd? Six. One. That's. <laughs> 1677. Okay. That's not too bad. I wasn't too far off. I mean, a couple hundred, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things. It's... All four Hearts players that begin with Z, or Z as they say over here, have played for the club. Since 2006. Okay. Well, I'm giving Zal- you Zal- 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 is an e- easy one. Um, uh-huh. uh, People shouting at the radio right now, but they're not listening on the radio, so they're shouting at their device saying, come on, Z- Maury, the Z- other Z- well, Z- Zayfouk, the other one. Yes. Three. Um, one more. Fourth one. They all played games, did they? Uh-huh. Um, this, this kid played 18 times... For hearts, and I can even tell you where he is right now if you want. Um, well, give me a minute. Let me just have. I, I didn't think I was going to get quizzed on anything. Um, and the twenty twenty is a year that you you expect the unexpected, oh, Laurie. Jeez. Um, just sign for air. Come on. Just sign for air. You just sign for air. Oh. Was wait. it party? What? Sign for. Come on now. I'm going to have to give you because. Come on. This isn't good listening. Just tell me. Zanata. Oh, of course. Do you know, I don't even know if I would have. I should have because it's recent times. Um, I was on the. I was on the spot. I was getting. I was. I was getting all sweaty. You know, it was. It was. was, That was tough. Um, I meant to ask the questions. Right. Okay. So. Um. Yeah. There we go. The the ins and outs at Heart of Midlothian football, uh, which we don't always get to talk about. Right, I'm going to throw this last bit in at the end because I don't think it's something worth delaying too much. But interestingly, so Loic Demure, the obviously French midfielder, um, was mentioned in the press by a friend of the show, Robbie Nielsen, I can call him that, who uh, told the Evening News that he's not closing the door on a revival for Demure. And I'll quickly quote Robbie Nielsen. Uh, Loic had a difficult season last year. He admitted that himself. There'll be an opportunity there for him. We give him every opportunity, of course. It's important we look at everybody because last year was very difficult for everyone. There have been a lot of changes going on and it's a chance for people to impress. We have a long, pre-se- a long pre-season sorry, for them to impress and they will get all opportunities. Loic is no different. That was a very long way of, of saying that we'll have a look at him. I just want to put it out there and see, do you think he can turn it around? Because um, part of me thinks, well... We're going to have to give him a chance unless someone's to buy him because we gave him a four-year deal and he's probably on a decent salary. 
But regardless of the reasons, is he someone you, you think might uh, turn people's, uh, change people's opinion? It's all down to him. It's all down to him and his application. This is a guy that played quite a bit for, for Cardiff and is getting another opportunity to play in a league which is nowhere near the level of the English Championship. So you don't play in that league if you're, if you're bad. So if he can't handle or isn't interested or can't get up for, for playing for hearts, as I said earlier, managers have their own people coaching staff and, and whatever, and they decide, well, yeah, I've got more trust in him or, or whatever. It's a, it, it's a fresh fresh page for Demur, for Berra, for other guys like that. And this guy clearly has ability, but it's, it's to do with, do you want to just pick up your wage check every week and enjoy Edinburgh, or do you actually want to go and prove that there was a reason that Hearts gave you a four-year deal? and signed you from Cardiff in, in August last year. So I've got no problem giving him a second chance. Um, it, it, Robbie might get the best out of him. But th- there's no point in cutting your nose off to spite your face and saying, well, that's, he hasn't showed it so far, so just forget about him. Because you're right, we're not going to be able to get rid of him. And You, you don't sign someone from, from Cardiff um, who would have been on a decent wage down there um, and sign him for peanuts as far as what you pay him is concerned. So it's all down to him. He's the only one that can decide if he's going to be successful or not. And I'd certainly be giving him a chance to to prove it. He's 29 years old. His next deal is probably going to be his last deal. So does he want it to be a very good deal? Potentially. Um, I know he'll be in his kind of early 30s. It'll probably be his last deal. Or does he want to just peter down his career and, and end up a has-been and just go through the leagues because he's he's made his money? Totally up to him. I can imagine a lot of you are listening going, he's shite, no, he's not going to change my mind. So I put this out on Twitter earlier. Um, Twitter? Twitter? Twitter, sorry, my, my bit, of, bit of the farmer. Kind of, that, was, that wasn't that was even like Northern Scots, that was like West Country. It, it was, normally, it's normally the Twitter, but you've dropped that, so it's Twitter. Um, put it out on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Craig Fowler message saying, and this is what I put out on Twitter because Mark has thrown me off course, was uh, players that you'd written off or you didn't rate and they managed to turn it around and change your opinion. Ibrahim uh, Tal. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, I never, never saw him. No one saw him. Yeah, but you he can't not rate someone just because you're not seeing them. What are you? Are you basing? Are you basing this on? Seen him for three or four games and made a major mind up immediately. Right, he's rubbish. Maybe or it could it. have been half a season, could have been a whole year, could have been. So I'm not allowed Ibrahim Tall. Uh, no, I'm disqualifying it. Um, Craig Fowler says Ian Black before Paulo Sergio turned him into the Scottish Chavi, then Ali McCoy turned Chavi him right or back Chavi. again. Like Chavi with, with with like Louis Vuitton fake stuff and and bling dripping from his his paintbrush or or Chavi or Chavi, yeah. Shut up. What do you think? Ian Black. That's a good one, because that season, under Paolo, second half of especially, it was, it was incredible. It, was, it wasn't incredible. He was, he was better. Um, <laughs> you just want to disagree with me right now. No. I'm t- I mean, <laughs> if you ask any Hearts fan for an adjective to describe the second half of the season that Ian Black had, I don't think many of them would use the word incredible. I, I th- look, and I'm, I'm not basing it on what happened after. The transformation even... may be incredible. His I performance. Was... Yeah, no, you're you're underrating him. It's wrong. Sorry. I'm not underrating. I enjoyed it. He, he was, was incredible, excellent. and as as Rafa Benitez says, and that is a fact. Um, 
Odd shape balls mentioned Sean Clare. Odds also said. Also said. I thought Sandy Clark looked like the poor man's Jimmy Bone. Oh, how wrong I was. There you go. It's more your time than mine. Yeah. Um. Sandy. Sandy started his Hearts career. Maybe joined from West Ham before I started watching Hearts in '85. So I don't recall him at the start. John Miller would be someone. Can I have oh, him? He Well, he got mentioned by someone. Really? I'm just going to scroll down. Uh, who mentioned John Miller? Sam Moffat mentioned John Miller. Yeah, so I never thought he was a, a, a dud, but the more he played, the more I thought, you know what, there's someone here. I love John Miller. I'm just... And so, so here's... This isn't one that works for this. This is one in the, who had never changed my mind. Brian Hamilton. Never changed... I just made my mind up, and again, we're so fickle as football. We're we're hypocrites and we're fickle. Now, if he scored, then then great. But I'm not one of those. Oh, that's I, I can't stand him. But if he scores, then <laughs> um, just I, I don't think it was because he used to play for Hibs or anything like that. It's just I'm like I didn't see what they saw, and there are certain players like that. I mean, last season there were players that that you kind of thought, nah, and then. <laughs> they stayed in there. But in the, that's a, it's a good question. It's a good yeah. question. I, I mean, this, I, I don't want to... I, I know that we're kind of... We're into overtime, as they say in your neck of the woods. In, in, in India, Delhi, with an accent. Um, look, I'm not good at accents, okay? You know, Jesus. Twitter? Try and mix it up and add some variety and spice things up. And this is how you, you just... <laughs> right. Flitch says Neil Berry. Um, says he ended up doing a great job in the middle of the park for us, hunting down opposition players. Wasn't too sure uh, to start with, though, but he became a great servant for the club. I'm just spraying my uh, my hands with antibacterial hand spray, just in case. Well, there you go. In case you catch coronavirus from no, the house. Just, it's just you've got to get into the habit over you're here. You're sitting at home. You're sitting at home. That's negligence. <laughs> that's the kind of thought process that that means this. You've got to always think. You just make sure you're always clean. It should just be habitual. Honestly, you're trying to pick a fight today. You, you look, really okay. are. Okay, well, I'm not. I'm Neil, Neil Berry alike. It's a good shout. Um, Ian, Ian Jardin. I, I liked him. Again, he was always... My my first team that I watched, Smith, Kidd, Whitaker, Jardin, Berry, Levine, Colquhoun, Jardin, Clark, Mackay, Robertson. So Kenny Black didn't play. Kenny Black was a good one. I like Kenny Black. They were always guys you could hang your hat on. Reliable guys. When they first started, I mean, as I say, Sandy Clarkie and Jordan Kenny Black, they started before I, I went. So I think it's there's a time period everyone makes their mind up. Some give them, if you have a, if you have a ship first game, it can be hard or, or whatever. Um, you, you can turn it around as well, Laurie. You can, the players that, not quite Beshlija, who came in and with all this fanfare and he was the Bosnian bullet and all that. But players you've seen in your first instinct, having seen them once, is like, oh my God, how the hell is he at Hearts? And then after a few weeks, you realise exactly why he's at Hearts, because he's gone the other way. That Yeah, you get them as well. But for now, I'm going to stick to the topic, because I've got a few more. Um... <laughs> this is a good one. This is probably, uh, this could be my Quickly. favourite one. Um okay. Certainly my time. Uh, this is from so MJK, LT64, Roscoe Payton, Ed Lee. They all gave us this one. I'll read what MJK said. 
Um, in all seriousness, Hartley didn't look amazing at the beginning, but we all knew how key he became. Um, and LT64, I mentioned, Paul Hartley, Levine dragged him off in his first game. Didn't see him for a few weeks, but, he, but um, then he came back. And I remember this because I, I was the same. I did not see why we'd signed Paul Hartley when we signed him. And he was playing out wide. And there's that famous, and we've spoken about it in the podcast, but for those who maybe didn't tune into that episode or for those that didn't see his Cy Ferry interview, he spoke about the game against Hibs at Easter Road when we lost, when Tepe Moylan and um, pulled a full Joel, Joel Pereira and just let the ball slip through his hands and Gary O'Connor scored the winner right at the end. And he said that um, on the debrief on the Monday or whenever they did it, Craig Levine slaughtered him in front of the whole team, kind of highlighted him for an hour, his, not, his lack of effort, not tracking back. Basically said, if you, know, if you want to play for me, you can't. You, you need to up your game, and he didn't play for weeks. I think he said maybe even a month. Sure. He was benched, yeah. and and he said, you know, and, and players work differently. Different players react in different ways to maybe that type of criticism. Some might hide it, might destroy them. But he actually said in that interview, I've kind of owe a lot of my career to what Craig Levine did because for me that gave me the kick up the arse to become a much better player and think about the defensive side and think about how I, you know, what I do off the ball as well as on the ball. Because he said before that game, uh, well, sorry, before the debrief, he thought he'd done all right in the game. And it wasn't until he got torn down like that that he actually thought about, I guess, bettering himself as an overall player. It's a super question. It really is. I think the ultimate, um, certainly in the last 20 years or so in Scottish football, was Henrik Larsson. Celtic fans who watched oh, yeah, yeah. live on Sky make his debut at Easter Road against Hibs, give the ball away. Hibs won that game 2-1. I didn't realise until Craig Burley uh, mentioned it that Craig and Henrik both made their Celtic debuts in in the same game. Okay. And even some of the even some of the players kind of thought, "Geez," because he'd signed him for Feyenoord as an attacking midfielder for six hundred and fifty grand, and he got off to the worst possible start. But you've got you've got two options as a player, as Paul Hartley demonstrated. You can knuckle down and and get on with it and and make sure that you're going to be better, or we'll find out with Loic Demur. This season is—is is he just content to pick up his wages? It's not—it's not back in the day where it's the mid '80s where there's there's huge bonuses. I say huge, but potentially much bigger bonuses if you go on a run like the the Hearts bonus structure of '85, '86, and that it kept going up and up. And if they'd—I think I'm right in saying—if they hadn't lost at Dundee, they would have. They would have. I think it was a cumulative bonus structure back then, but you could earn more in bonuses than you could in wages. Nowadays, that's not the case. So, yeah, we'll see with with Demur. But I think Larson was the the ultimate kind of started off. Fans are scratching their heads and then became beloved. So thank you to everyone for getting in touch with us. Uh, I know it wasn't a homework question, it was just a tweet I put out, but we got lots of good answers. I couldn't get to them all. We've ran over, and which is at the fault of the SPFL again for throwing us a curveball and giving us something to rant about for 30 minutes. But, you know, we had other ones. We had um, we had likes of Stevenson. We had Andy Driver, Marius Zaliukas, Stephen Boyack. Lots of good ones in there. Um, Velichka's one, sorry, Laurie. Yeah, that was mentioned as well. We had Velichka mentioned. So um, a lot of repeats of you know people agreeing on the same ones but um one that we'll maybe touch upon again down the line but um i don't want to don't want to drag tonight out any longer because i can tell that you know there's a bit of friction between us <laughs> so we don't want to 
<laughs> we don't want to exacerbate that anymore. Mm. Um, but thank you for getting in touch. I want to mention, you know, because we're like live and what we're trying to pick up just now, even though this is not live when you listen. And Stefan Adam has tweeted as well and saying um, he's quoted the coronavirus joint response group saying, seriously, what a mess, no shame. And then some little clown emojis. So an- another friend of the show in Stefan Adam having his say on the latest SPFL debacle. Um, now I'm just got to decide what we call this episode because I'm kind wow. of hovering over staying out for the summer. Of course, the Haven Holidays theme. Well, that, um, that could be your closing song. That's got to um, be the closing The closing song as hearts go on their holidays south of the border to make sure they can escape the, the watchful eye of not the Scottish government, but the Scottish Professional Football League. Um, there was what do we, we have? Did we have Night Var? There was Night Var. There was something else. And I will only Luke, remember Luke when... Chase I... Underpants? <laughs> I can't remember. But by the time people listen to this, they will have seen the title for the last hour popping up on whatever app they are tuning in on, which... I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but anyway, thank you for tuning in. Um, whether it's on, on iTunes, Spotify, you can get us on all these, um, on Android, Acast and the likes, or on the Scarves Around the Funnel website, www.scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. You can follow us and get in touch on Twitter, at Around the Funnel. And if you want to be a bit more old school, and I bet Mark's thinking, I can't believe you're going to refer to email as old school, you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk um, Maybe next time, Mark, we'll have a whole episode just about actual football. What do you think? We can but dream, dear boy. We can but dream. We can but dream. Until then, thank you for listening. I'm staying out for the summer Playing games in the rain The hills and the fortune Encore! Encore! Okay, uh, if you're actually listening to this, which uh, we're, we're, we're sceptical about whether many will make it to this point, because this is after the music, very briefly after the music. So this is at the end of movies where, you know, if you let the credits run sometimes, you get a little clip. Bonus. A little bonus at the very end. Starves around the funnel extra time. Yes, this, is, this isn't even... This is, this is like the sudden death and the penalty shootout. So... Just after we finished recording and we're about to go our separate ways, uh, I suddenly saw a tweet come up, which is Heart of Midlothian Football Club statement. <laughs> um, so we thought, well, why not? We'll hit record again. Uh, we've we've skimmed the statement, and it's probably I would I think Mark is what we kind of expected. The the club are incensed just as um, as the fans are. I just did a baby belch and realised you're actually recording here. So if that was picked up by microphone, I do apologise. I've just been... Don't do that now. This is... I want people to keep tuned to this. I've I've just finished an iron brew, but just there was a little bit left, a little burpy warp. Right, so this... A little burpy warp? You're not speaking to your child now. She now thinks she can come in because Daddy was finished. She's a bit Daddy's finished his little burpy warp. Stop it. Why why Um, are we recording this? <laughs> so, so Hart Midlothian. I'm not going to read the statement, but to to give you the gist of this, because we're like, oh, we need to do something extra about this. And I'm like, okay, press record. Well, we need to read the statement first to see what they've actually said. So we we both have we have read it. 
And Hearts, indeed, we, we suggested that they may put out a statement either today or tomorrow. They have. And they're livid. They're absolutely uh, livid. Um, so they're saying that they requested a delay to the publication of, of the decision to stop them from training until at least the 24th, uh, the 24th. While the situation was being discussed internally, the decision was published some 20 minutes or so later. So what the point that Hearts are making, quite rightly so, is they've brought staff members back from furlough. Yeah, there been that was... Additional, yeah, really there been additional costs. That, yeah. There's testing costs. They've been able to, to announce the signing of players. Um, the, the argument that they were given is that other clubs were wanting to perhaps come back and they they made a decision, well, it would be unfair if we stopped it now and you were able to continue training. The issue here is, is that every club had the opportunity to do what Hearts did. The fact that it was only Hearts that did it isn't Hearts' fault. So it's unfair. And what Hearts are saying, our fans are naturally incensed. And for the avoidance of doubt, everyone at the club is equally incensed. We are currently considering our options. So it's basically a statement of how is this possibly fair that we are penalised when we have done absolutely nothing wrong? And and those that have caused this are able Getting to off scot free. Con- continue training and and playing. And obviously we wouldn't have been playing anyway. But no, it's 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 a good statement. Um, covers the points. And it I hadn't really thought about the whole furlough thing, which are which is additional costs in terms of staff uh, as well as I guess the players themselves so yeah I'll be interested to see what happens over the next um, next few days even the next 24 hours or so as this yeah develops it, um, there's an interesting tweet that's just because we've had a lot of kind of breaking news while we've been doing this it won't be breaking by the time you guys and girls listen to this but Raman Bardwaj has just put a tweet out um, it's a story on the STV news website that Aberdeen and Celtic could face coronavirus sanctions. The SFA and SPFL will decide and provide details of new rules on Friday and both clubs and their players could face action. This is going right back to the start before the baby burpee burps, right back (laughs) before the music, before Uchi's underwear and everything to what we were saying. Why has something got to happen for there to be a consequence? Why can't there be a consequence initially that if you do this, you'll be punished rather than bad boy, bad girl did this, time to punish them after the event. This is a total screw-up by an incompetent organisation. Indeed. And I'm sure we'll have more on their incompetence next time. Uh, Thank you for maybe listening to this little bonus um, few minutes. Uh, Do do we get another song? Or do you you fade up the song... So that's a choice for you. Um, so, uh, well, you'll you'll find out. Maybe maybe I've just stuck this in in the. Maybe I've just still got dodgy. Sp- nah, nah. I'm staying out for the summer in the back. No, doesn't matter. Anyway, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roll. Get him, Jay. Who you know fresher than whole? Riddle me that. The 
rest of y'all know where I'm lurking yeah. Can none of y'all mirror me back? You hear me rap, it's like hand G rapping is prime. I'm young HO, rap's great for dead. Back to take over the globe, now break bread. I'm in Boeing Jets, Global Express. Out the country, but the blueberries still connect. On the low, but the yacht got a triple deck. But when you young, what the fuck you expect? Yep, yep.